2: It's 1730 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umar Sander Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with her And coming up, over the next 90 minutes, Peace Council intervenes in spiritual clash between founder of Paris Chapel Archbishop Charles Arginasari... And the Nogoku Traditional Council,
3: recognizing the fact that the impasse, if not quickly addressed, may have consequences on peaceful coexistence and religious tolerance in the country, the National Peace Council, in pursuit of its mandate to facilitate conflict prevention, appeals to the Nogokpo Traditional Authorities and Perez Chapel International to remain calm, are not given to provocations as efforts have been undertaken.
2: Also coming up, National Labour Commission summons workers of the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation over a planned strike. And later on Eyewitness News, we take you to Parliament. The House has resumed with an announcement from the minority side that it would now approve the Chief Justice nominee, Gertrude Tokonu. Stay with 97.3 CTF for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. There would also be business and the latest headlines.
4: Government assures of implementing strategies to increase growth of NTE sector to ensure economic growth.
2: That's in 50 minutes. The Eyewitness News is live across the world on citynewsroom.com. We are live across the country on a number of affiliate stations. We are on Tumpani Radio 88.5 in nadoli We are also on jirapa 96.1 FM in jirapa We are on Recast 92.1 FM in Bongo Namo. We are on North Star Radio 92.1 in Tamale. We are on Nobia FM ninety-eight point one in Nalirigo. We are on Beach 105.5 FM in takrade as well as Sky Power 93.5 FM. We are also on Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi and Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi. In the Volta region, we are on Sela Radio 97.1 FM in Dabalaholi 98.5 FM in Aplau and we are on Kasha 99.5 FM in Damogu. The show is interactive. Join us on WhatsApp 0549 986 996. Send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sanda or at City 973. Well, it started as a war, war of words, which appears now to have a Peace Council intervention. If you go to citynewsroom.com, there's a story. Peace Council initiates processes to resolve Archbishop and Ginasari Nogopo impasse. The story, uh, published this afternoon, says the National Peace Council says they are taking a proactive step in mediating a peace agreement between the Nogopo traditional authorities and Archbishop Charles Ginasari, the founder of Perez Chapel International, this decision comes in response to a growing conflict between the Nogopo community and Archbishop Charles Ajinasari, triggered by remarks made by the Archbishop during a sermon when he referred to Nogopo as a demonic headquarters of the Volta region. The comments made by the Reverend Archbishop drew criticism from the indigence of Nogopo and the wider Volta region. The Reverend Archbishop Ajinasari rendered an apology for his comments, but this did not stop the Nogopo Traditional Council from issuing a two-week ultimatum to the Archbishop to appear before them in a statement on tuesday the chairman of the peace council reverend dr ernest edujemfi said the national peace council has noted with concern the current issue let's speak to him now uh, reverend dr ernest edujemfi chairperson of the national peace council you're welcome to eyewitness news and we are grateful that you agreed to speak to us tonight thank you how seriously is the council taking uh the the issue between the uh, nogopo shrine or the nogopo traditional authorities and the Archbishop in Akra.
0: Well, in the first place, the mandate of the National Peace Council is to prevent any form of conflict and also to provide mechanisms for dealing with it. And so once we begin to see uh, issues coming up that is likely to create a wider conflict, There's a need for us to Make provision to provide some intervention. Now, naturally, when you're dealing with conflict, issues of religion, issues of tribe, uh, and uh, things like that can seriously create a wider conflict. We noticed what happened at West Gale. It was just between one family and a school. And then immediately we saw that it developed into a wider religious conflict between the Christian community and the Muslim community. This is likely to develop into something like that. We've seen some comments on uh, social media where people are now drive, uh, dragging the whole of Walter region into a conflict with the church. So the Nasser Peace Council is saying that it's important for us to provide some intervention. And uh, we've already initiated the move. We've spoken to the traditional authorities they are willing to allow the Peace Council to intervene. And so those are the steps we've already taken.
2: Now, the steps would include what you are going to call the two parties to um, the table and have a conversation with them. Would it involve uh, the council going to Nogoku and also going to uh, the Archbishop? Uh, Share with us the approaches you're, you're using in solving this problem. Well, it's too early to line
0: up the whole approach. We've spoken to Tugbe Sabah, the Fifth. He's willing for the council to intervene. We've already sent them a complaint form to state clearly what the grievances are. When we receive that, that will provide a direction for us as to what to do. Because we need to understand clearly what their grievances are. Uh, we've heard statements have been made, whatever, but it's important for them to state clearly what it is. And then, once we receive that, the Regional Peace Council, the Water Region, will take steps to deal with the issues.
2: What would be your message to the members of the church, um, the Perez Chapel, and also members of the shrine?
0: Well, in the first place, we are one people as Ghanaians. And uh, sometimes we may disagree, sometimes we may say things that people may not be happy with. But that should not lead us into conflict. My appeal to church members is that uh, we should not see it as a religious conflict between, let's say, traditional authorities and the church. Let's look at the peace of this country and how to ensure that we have peace. Now that people are dragging uh, nationalities and tribes into the the church is made up of all kinds of people. And so you cannot isolate one tribe uh, out of the rest. So we appeal to the church to take uh, a somber look at what is going on. At the same time, I appeal to the traditional authorities. There's no need for us to drag ourselves into the mud. Let's sit and talk. We are one people. And I think that once we do that, this issue will be resolved amicably. We want to take it out of the sphere of a religious conflict between traditional authorities and the church. Let's look at us, ourselves as Ghanaians. How can we live in peace? That is our approach to the issue.
2: Well, we are grateful. Now, just before you go, um, just a comment on on our electoral process and our electioneering. Lots of um, language being thrown around about in relation to our elections, the upcoming election and number of matters coming up. The Supreme Court makes a decision. We hear various commentary coming up. As National Peace Council, often people on social media would be asking, where are you? I believe you've been following all these proceedings. Um, what would be your comment to Ghanaians and politicians, especially as we lead up to the next general election?
0: Well, in the first place, the institutions who have been charged with various uh, responsibilities. The issue of election is in the, in the domain of the Electoral Commission. Uh, sometimes we may or may not agree with certain things, but they are the institutions assigned that responsibility, and we should respect them and give them the space to do what they need to do. Uh, Political parties have a right to campaign, but the campaign must be decent. Let's talk about, I mean, issues. Let's talk about programs. What do we want to do for our people? What can we do to uh, cause some people to be attracted to our party and to our views and our policies? These are the things we have to concentrate on. And uh, we want to appeal to those on social media who are writing all kinds of things. And uh, sometimes you have a feeling as if some people are willing that this country will bend, And so they write all kinds of things to instigate people. It will not take us anywhere. We need to be sober. We are competing for one seat. And once there's election, once there's uh, competition, some of these things will arise. But we should keep the peace of the country in our focus in doing all those things we do.
2: Thank you so much for speaking to us. Sir. That's Reverend Dr. Ernest Edujemfi, his chairperson of the National Peace Council. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. So the main issue we called him about is a press release I issued, uh, or the, the council issued on the Nogopo and uh, Charles Adjinasari, Reverend Charles, uh, Archbishop Charles Arginasari Uh, impasse Uh, the council is now intervening so we made a force to hear from the church we've not been successful but we are successful in reaching uh the uh, nogoku uh traditional council the spokesperson is um i'm I'm going to get back to that this this is eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFM.
0: eyewitness news be there as it
2: happens the spokesperson of the Nogopo Traditional Council is Nufiala Mawupwemo Kobla Nonyemi. Sir, you're welcome to witness News. Thank you, sir. You've heard the statement that the... or you've heard us just read for you the excerpts of the statement that the Peace Council has issued uh, in relation to that misunderstanding that your outfit has with the Archbishop of the Peres Chapel International, Archbishop Charles Aginasari. Uh, what will be your response, having heard the, the Peace Council in, intervening and asking for peace?
5: Well, uh, thank you very much, and um, a very good evening to your listeners. Um, yes, we've also received a letter from the Regional Peace Council. And uh, as at now, we are go, going gone through it and we are responding to it accordingly. Um yes, we've acknowledged such letter. But the name is Nufialaga Mafomo Kobla Nonibe.
2: Okay, apologies for, for mixing up your name there. Uh when you say you have you have read and you're gonna respond, um is it welcome news for you in the first place?
5: So when a Peace Council sends a letter, there are some questionnaires that are attached to it, you understand. So we have to fill those forms and also attach a note to it. That is what I'm saying that, yes, we've received it and we are responding accordingly.
2: Did it have to get to this though? Because um, there has been an apology. Does that not suffice?
5: Honestly, I find it very difficult when we say there have been an apology where, in fact, there is no such thing. What Ajina came to do on that previous Sunday was to justify his position uh, or justify himself on what he said. An apology, you saying you are married to uh, a votarian and you have your kids having vegetarian. our names and this thing, it's no apology. He went to recount where he has been and the things that he have encountered and the reason why he said those things. But for us, that is not an apology, you know, that is not strict. that is not an apology. And we want it to be done rightly, meet the, 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 the chiefs and the elders of the town because you claiming or he claiming that the Nogopu is the demonic headquarters in the border region, we equally want to know where it is located. We also want to pacify our land because we as the natives of the land and the custodians of the land, we know there is no such thing on our land. And we want him to help us purify the land. That is all we are saying. So not only just coming to just say, oh, I'm sorry, and all that.
2: We need his help. That is all. But when you say you want him to to come there, it sounds as if you are up to something. Are you simply just asking him to come have a conversation, drink, most likely uh, liha, and go back?
5: Um, traditionally, when you offend someone, you go to the person to do the needful. Uh, it is just unfortunate that we borrow certain cultures from the Europeans and we think that is the normal thing to do. When in in actuality, in African spirituality, when you offend your father, when you offend your in laws, you understand. You wake up and you go to them and render on a apology to them, but you just don't come to justify yourself. That is what we are talking about. What we want is respect. That we that is all respect from him. No. Because,
2: yes. Go ahead. Okay.
5: Yes, because we did not start this. He started it. So he must help us resolve this issue by coming to the elders.
2: Um, Nufialaga, the Ghanaians who are listening to you now, who may have heard what he said, which you said is not right, can you give us an enlightenment into what Nogokpo represents, Because, generally, the conception around Nogopo is that, yeah, that is the headquarters of the Thunder God. Uh, That is a place where someone can be struck dead. I want you to clarify that narrative. How should we henceforth think of Nogopo when we hear the name?
5: Well, Nogopo, as usual, is a land of peace. We are loving people. We are caring people, and we—it's a land of justice. That is what Nogopo represents. Now, with the misconception that people have towards uh, Nogopo is because of when someone needs justice, he says, "I'm going to Nogopo to seek justice," not. On the not on the negative side, but on the positive side of it. Now, Nogoko has been a source of justice to so many people in the world. Not only in Ghana. People come there to seek justice. So, when someone Let me give you an example. When someone makes an allegation against you and the person refuses to, uh, let me say, clarify or undo, justify that allegation, and probably that allegation might end up destroying your future and that of your generation, the only place, that you think you can get justice is to come to Nogopo. Now, when someone uh, robs you of your belongings and you try all other means to get your stuff back and you are not getting the necessary justice that you want, you can say, Yes, I'll take the issue to Nogopo. Let me tell you something a, a short story. There's this man who bought a land from someone in Accra did a document everything for the person. But later on, the landowner took the land from and sold it to another person. So what happened was this man went to the landlord and told him or the landowner and told him that he's taking the issue to Logopo. Do you know what happened? The landlord Quickly give him another land to represent the one, to replace the one that he has given. That person has gotten the justice that he wants. So, Nogoku is not demonic. Nogoku is a land of justice. That is all we are saying now. The perception that people have is as a result of what? foreign religion like Christianity who thinks that anything that has to do with African spirituality is negative but that is not the reality because the one who brought us the religion the one who brought us his religion made sure or make sure made sure that we hate ourselves we hate what make us who we are. So today the, the African will be bold to look down upon himself and his tradition. And that has transcended through all generations till date. And it is time we correct those mistakes. Every human being comes from a clan. Every clan has their um uh spirituality let me put it or their tradition that they move with their rituals today all those things are not being done again all that we are saying is show us or give us that respect when one is in an african spirituality does not mean that person is evil does not mean that person is bad a clear example Christians, when they go to their church, they also pray against their enemies. Do you then describe them as demons? No. Because they assume they have enemies. So they also go to their church and pray against their enemies. Pray for good good fortune or good will. You understand? In the same way that applies to all other um, forms of uh, spirituality. But we need, as a, as black people, we need to go back to the drawing board, do more research about our spirituality, and then package it to the world. That is all we are saying.
2: So, in the in the scenario or the account you gave us of someone who sold land and had uh, some misunderstanding, if The threats to go to Nogopo were carried out. How was Nogopo going to meet out justice or deliver justice to the offended or affected party? Uh, How how does Nogopo, you know, exact justice?
5: Just curious. This, this, I'll let me explain this so that people will understand the entire process. People assume that when you take a case to Nogopo immediately. The issue is given to the tender God to act. That is not the issue or that is not the case. When you take an issue or a problem to the temple, one, we try to solve it amicably. That is why in our press statement, we gave a Janasari 14 days ultimatum to come. Now the offender or the person who made the case is then asked if he can locate the person who offended him or the the person who caused the problem. He said yes. Then a letter is prepared from the temple. If the person is from a place where there is a chief or a king, the letter is then addressed to the chief or the whoever is the he- head of the clan that this case has been brought to us and involves such a person. One, you either sit with them and resolve it amicably, or you fetch or you bring the person to us. Then they will sit the two of them and then question them that if the issue is then resolved amicably, there's no need for us taking the issue to the tender God. But when the two parties are log ahead and there's too much lies, accusations and counter-accusation, then at this point, all other avenues have been exhausted. So the issue is given to the energy to seek for justice. That is how it is. So when people think, oh, when I say I'm going to Nogupo," then they think, oh, they, no, it is not like that because we know how the thunder God acts. We know the power that he carries. So, so we so try so as so much so as, <laughs> as possible to resolve the issues amicably when so, it fails. Hmm. So that is when force is applied.
2: So when it fails and force is applied, that force comes in the form of thunder striking someone dead.
5: That is it. It comes in so many forms. One, you see, when an energy, something like that is, is, is reported, and even it is handed over to the energy, the energy gives you signal. Sometimes it gives you signals. Not sometimes it gives you signals on several occasions for you to wake up. So why is this strange, strange things happening to me? If you are an intelligent person, if you are a wise person, then probably what you need to do next is to go and consult to find out what is happening around you. Then, if you are able to do that and you know the source, who is the energy that is giving you the signal? Then you can go to the you can go to the energy to resolve the issue, but if you turn a blind eye on it, that is when
2: justice is done Thank you for speaking to us so in this particular instance, if the archbishop fails to show up and apologize like you have asked and uh, that would mean that All attempts to have a fruitful conversation would have failed. Would you explore the last and final option? Is that part of what you may possibly consider on the table, or you treat this differently?
5: All options are on the table for us,
2: including the Thunder God.
5: Including that one. All the options are on the table for us. Because all we want is justice. It is, you see, the my brother. You see, now the attention is being focused on the archbishop. But we are not looking at the damage that he has caused the people of the voter region and Nogoko in particular. Our youth, our women are going to have issues already. When one hears that you are from the voter region, you are tagged And then, such an influential figure will come and make such a statement about a region. And not only to Noboku, Noboku my brother, the implications, the implications for our younger generation or for our people, my brother, is very, very negative. So this issue, we must get to the bottom of it so that the right thing is done. So that nobody again will just get up and just
2: defame a community, and make a community look bad before the world. Okay. Thank you for speaking to us, sir. You're welcome, Chief. That's Nufia Lagan Maupemo Kobla. He speaks for the Nogopo Traditional Council, a community a little beyond Agozume in the Vortar region. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We'll be back with more. Please stay. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
3: You're welcome back. Let's still do some more stories. The minority in Parliament says it will approve Justice Gertrude Tokono as the Chief Justice of Ghana. The group suspended a consensus approval of the Chief Justice nominee after her vetting by the Appointments Committee pending the full judgment of the Supreme Court on the dual citizenship case involving the then Member of Parliament for Asin North, James Jachekwesin, addressing the media, the Member of Parliament for Boku Central, Mahama. Yarriga, says although the minority caucus disagrees with the ruling of the apex court it will not withhold its approval of the chief justice nominee
6: on the reasoning in the james judge Quisen case thankfully the reasoning in the james judge Equison case has been delivered by the supreme court earlier than the 7th of uh, June. Uh, This is significant. This has afforded us the opportunity to review the reasoning. The nominee for post of Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana, her leadership justice, Gertrude Araba Esaba Tokono, told the world that she is a textualist in her preferred approach to interpreting the Constitution of Ghana, 1992. What was the text in dispute in the case of Michael Ankoma, Ninfa versus James Jachi, Quisen, and others? This is the famous James Quisen case. The text in dispute is Article 94, Clause 2a of the 1992 Constitution. And it reads, a person shall not be qualified to be a member of parliament if he owes allegiance to a country other than Ghana, unquote. The facts of the case, not disputed at any time, are that question at the time of being sworn in to become a member of parliament had successfully renounced all allegiances to any other country and his allegiance was to only the Republic of Ghana. Fidelity to the text of the Constitution of Ghana would have dictated that the controlling provisions in the resolution of the dispute are the words qualified to be a member of parliament. Quote and unquote. Disappointingly, a professed textualist like our CJ nominee abandoned the text and chose to read into the text of the Constitution a replacement text, quote, qualified to file nomination papers to contest for election as a member of Parliament. She read this into the Constitution while the Constitution was dealing with qualified to be a member of Parliament. But what she was busy doing in the reasoning is to read the Constitution as saying, qualified to file nomination papers to contest for election as a member of parliament. This is exactly why the NDC minority members of parliament on the appointments committee wanted to wait for the reasoning to see if the Chief Justice nominee, Justice Gertrude Araba Esaba Tokono, would be true to her publicly professed textualist approach to constitutional interpretation. Whilst the clear language of the Constitution was dealing with qualification to be a member of parliament, the Supreme Court veered off and was dealing with eligibility or qualification of a person to contest as a member of parliament. I'm quoting the Supreme Court directly in their reasoning. They they actually used that. They said we are dealing with eligibility or qualification of a person to contest as a member of parliament. But the Supreme Court talks about qualification to be a member of parliament. It is after the contest that you then get sworn in to be a member of parliament.
3: So that was Member of Parliament for Boku Central, Mahama Ayariga. Now, the minority also debunked some assertions made by the World Bank Country Director to Ghana, Frank Pierre Laporte, regarding the energy sector. The group urged him to stay away from politics and act as a technocrat. The ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee, uh, John Jinapo, addressed the media. 2019...
7: Then the NDP government came to Parliament and asked for approval to borrow 1 billion from Eurobond to finance energy sector related activities in order to reduce the cost. Soon after we approved the 1 billion, immediately the money landed. This government diverted the money and used the money for other areas that are not related to the energy sector. As if that is not enough, in 2021, they came with a completely new tax known as the energy sector recovery levy, to pay for what they describe as capacity charges. Ghanaians have been paying those taxes, and yet you are still complaining to us about so-called capacity. Ghanaians are sick and tired of this unnecessary and flimsy game strategy adopted by this government and their highlings. President Akufuado and his head of the economy management team, Dr. Baumia, must accept responsibility, demonstrate leadership, and find reasonable solutions to the current economic hardship, confronting the ordinary Ghanian on a daily basis. President Mahama's record in the energy sector is unmatched. President Mahama, before leaving office, ensured That we had a comprehensive foothold, i.e. on the generation, on fuel, and on the financial sector. We finally wish to advise the World Bank Country Director, Mr. Laporte, to continue to work as a technocrat and not meddle himself in the field of politics. Mr. Laporte, you are not a politician. And when you are making such unsubstantiated comments, you must bear in mind that it has far-reaching ramifications on this country. The minority will continue to hold its chest high, will continue to defend the track record of President Mahama and the ND's administration, because our record is unmatched, is unparalleled, and that is nothing but the truth.
3: That was the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee of Parliament, John Jinapol. Let's just stay in the House because the legislator for Nigo Pram Pram Sam George has disclosed that the speaker Alban Bagbin's official SIM card has been deactivated despite undergoing the SIM re-registration exercise. Over 8 million unregistered SIM cards were deactivated by the telecommunication firms after the May 31 deadline by government. Although the Minister of Communications has been scheduled to appear before the House on Thursday, June 8, to apprise the legislators on the exercise, Samuel Nartik-George stressed the need for the Minister to appear on time to address concerns.
8: In fact, we should have had this briefing today, if possible, because we are talking about over 8 million SIM cards that have been disconnected including even the SIM card of the Speaker of Parliament, not the Deputy, but the Speaker of Parliament himself, his official SIM card was disconnected, even though it was registered in the name of Parliament of Ghana. We have judges, we have lawyers, we have doctors, MPs whose SIM cards were disconnected. Even me, my SIM card was disconnected, our SIM cards, our SIM cards were disconnected. But the, I'm the Honourable Member of Parliament for the GoPro, elected member. The National Identification Authority must provide as Ghana can. Because, Mr. Speaker, it is important that the Minister briefs this house, even if possible today. Because people's livelihoods have been
5: affected.
3: That was Sam George, Member of Parliament for Ningo Pram Pram. Now, the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagwin, has sworn into office the elected Member of Parliament for Kumewu Ernest Yawinim. This comes after the Electoral Commission certified the MP as new elected Member of Parliament for the area with 15,264 votes in the by-election conducted on May 22. 22- 2023, Nst Yawenim takes over as the legislator for Kumewu following the demise of the then member of parliament Philip Baswa. He has Nst Yawenim taking the oath of allegiance and member of parliament being administered by the speaker.
6: You repeat after me. I,
3: I Nst Yawenim,
6: having been elected a member of parliament, having been elected a member of parliament. Do in the name of the Almighty God swear. Do in the name of the Almighty God swear that I will bear
8: true faith and allegiance to the Republic of Ghana. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Republic of Ghana as by law established. As by law established that I will uphold. That I will uphold preserve. Preserve
9: protect. Protect and defend
8: the Constitution of the Republic of Ghana. And defend the Constitution of the Republic of Ghana. And that I will faithfully. And that I will faithfully and conscientiously
6: and conscientiously
8: discharge the duties of a member of Parliament.
6: Discharge the duties of a member of Parliament.
7: So help me God.
6: So help me God. Yes,
5: Honourable Member, congratulations.
3: So that was uh, NSEAO-Enin, the newly sworn in member of parliament for Kumiwu. Now, deputy ranking member on the Education Committee of Parliament, Dr Clementa Park, has described the proposal to increase the school feeding grant from 97 pesos to one Ghana city's 20 pesos as woefully inadequate. The Minister of Gender, Children and Social Protection, Larry Bazuera Abudu, uh, proposed a new grant of one Ghana city's 20 pesos per child, but the school feeding caterers who have withdrawn their services since the reopening of schools have rejected the offer. Speaking to City News on the matter, Dr Clementa Park said the government had to increase the grant to three cities 50 pesos per child in accordance with his commitment to social interventions.
8: I believe that the proposed increment is woefully inadequate, it wouldn't be fit for purpose, it wouldn't make a difference. And I shudder to imagine the type of food that the woman can prepare with one city 20 pesos. So, I, I disagree with the current. Proposition. I think that government ought to be able to raise it to the three cities, 50 pesos, as originally asked for by the women. After all, government has assured the Ghanaian public that social intervention programs, including the school feeding program, would be protected. The Minister for Finance at the joint press conference was representative of the IMF in America made it clear in responses to various questions that social intervention programs would be protected and enhanced. And that is why I believe that with a budgetary allocation of $959 as approved by Parliament, and with the first tranche of the bailout having come in, social intervention programs like the school feeding program must be prioritized, and that should include the request of
3: In related news, the Bosa South Member of Parliament also uh, served notice that there must be an urgent question in Parliament to demand answers to issues confronting the school feeding programme.
8: The school feeding programme is not housed under the Ministry of Education. It is housed under the Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection. But I have even argued that given that the program is supposed to increase enrollment and ensure retention in the basic school system, we should look at resituating or relocating the school feeding program under the Ministry of Education, which will then give the, the Education Committee full oversight. But be as it may, the Education Committee continues to maintain an interest. So what tends to happen is that we go at it and raise the issues around the school feeding program by filing questions not to the Minister for Education, but to the Minister of Children, Gender, and Social Protection. And I believe that as Parliament has resumed today, a number of questions would be filed to the minister. And I intend to file an agent question to the minister on this matter, because I truly don't believe that one CD20 pesos is sufficient to prepare a nutritious hot meal per day to feed our wards in this time of hyperinflation and high food inflation in particular.
3: You had a voice of Dr. Clement Hapak, who's a member of Parliament for Bosa South and also the deputy ranking member on the Education Committee of Parliament.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on eyewitness
8: news on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3
10: Twitter
7: at twitter.com forward slash city 97.3 And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 97.3
2: With the hashtag
7: eyewitness news
2: You're welcome back, this is eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFM A few weeks ago we spoke to you about, uh, or we shared news with you About what was happening at the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation, the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission had said that some members of the company were earning more than they ought to earn and there was a need to slash their uh, pay and other uh, gratuities that they were receiving. Now, the workers, unhappy with that, have threatened to embark on a strike. The National Labor Commission has intervened and it has issued a statement through dr bernice welbeck who is director of administration uh, for the executive secretary at the nlc and the statement says we have received a complaint as above dated 5th june 2023 filed by the fair wages and salaries commission notifying the national labor commission of a threat of strike by the staff of the ghana broadcasting corporation gbc according to the notice The workers have threatened to embark on a series of industrial actions unless the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission restores the payment of allowances to some staff of GBC that it had withheld. The National Labor Commission, in exercise of its powers under Section 139 of the Labor Act 2003 Act 651, writes to summon the parties to appear before the Commission on Wednesday 7th June 2023 at 1pm for a hearing of the issues in dispute. With intervention, the staff of GBC advised to say all of all or any intended actions and appear as scheduled. Please uh, parties are to take note accordingly. That's the statement uh, that has been issued uh, by the National Commission. Someone Nat Kevo is a divisional union chairman of the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, Sam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Have you received this uh, communication?
9: Uh, thank you very much. I just received it a few minutes ago.
2: Great. What are you going to do about it? Oh, definitely, as a law abiding
9: union, the citizen union, of course, will be appearing before the Kabishi.
2: Which means you are going there tomorrow. Would you also then call off all the intended actions until then?
9: Uh, I will not be able to respond to that either the calling off or not. We have declared an intention uh, with a roadmap. Uh, I can tell you, I have also uh, filed a petition, and uh, we submitted it today, this morning. Uh, before we uh, just received the, uh, an invitation from the Labour Commission.
2: You can be on strike and negotiating. So surely, if you're going to have a discussion with the NLC, you shouldn't go there with 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 a strike in your bag. That would be bad faith, wouldn't it?
9: Uh, Oman, as we speak now, GBC, we are on strike we have made an intention to go on an indefinite strike. So this week, what we are virtually doing, we are hosting uh, rent and rent banks to make our indication. So the decision was that by Friday, close of this week, if we don't receive any positive response or the restoration of allowances from the uh, Fair Wages Salary Commission informing the Controller accountant General Department of the illegal decision, then we'll declare investment strike, so as you speak now, we are not on strike yet,
2: but you don't plan to go on strike tomorrow, do you?
9: No, we don't plan i I said the the red flag we rehearsing wearing from our various places in Accra and beyond all the regional offices of GBC and the installation, the workers that we are all in red band, but we're saying that up to Friday. If we are not able to get a positive response from Fair Wage Commission directing the control accountants but to reverse the decision, that's where we would declare the indefinite uh, strike.
2: It sounds as if you are going to the meeting with your mind made up. You are not going to listen to anything. It's either your way or the highway.
9: I, I don't think my mind is made up. We are law abiding. We have been invited, so the complaint thereof where well, we have been made to be aware of, we don't know the, exactly the complete the intention to. what they that intention to go on a strike right? uh, will, will be made known at the, at the discussion table. Because I don't think we would have even reached out to the uh, Labour Commission, uh, Oman, if the due process by fair wages was followed. We would have not reached this level at all. Uh, we, we, we are uh, an industrial practitioner who understands uh, the union works a lot and it's not GBC, it's not a union, we just easily go on strike or just make it uh, to us, uh, so to speak. But when we are pushed to the wall, you think you uh, believe dialogue is not working. That's where the, the ultimate decision comes from. So, respectfully, we'll be going there tomorrow. And we'll listen to them, and then whatever they decision, they will make our, our case known to them.
2: Thank you. Wish you all the best tomorrow. Thank you for speaking to us. Okay. Someone at Kevo is divisional union chairman of the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, up next, uh, Natalie Netty will be bringing us the latest in the world of business. And then the City Business Festival on A series comes up next. Tonight's topic is the changing payments landscape. And the conversation is Andrew Techi Apia. He is the founder and CEO of ZPay. You don't want to miss that. Have a good night.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it
3: happens. Get the the details, details. every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
4: Time now for City Business News and Eyewitness News powered by citybusinessnews.com. Coming up. Let's settle for the details now. Vice President Dr. Mahamud Bamiya has assured investors of government's commitment to ensuring a rapid recovery of the economy following the recent economic crunch. The depreciating city coupled with high inflation resulted in creating an unfavourable business environment for businesses. Speaking at the 2023 Ghana Investment and Opportunity Summit in the UK, Dr. Mahamudou Bamiya invited more investors to make Ghana their destination as government is putting in place measures to build back the economy.
10: The Government of Ghana remains unwaveringly committed and swerving in employing resilient and dynamic measures that are distinctive to our economic recovery to proffer benefits to investors and the people of Ghana. Major fiscal and monetary intervention, the government together with stakeholders have enrolled, includes the introduction of the Gold for Oil program to address the balance of payments crisis. This intervention has been one of the most important macroeconomic policies to deal with the rising price of oil and its implication. This is gradually setting the country on a course of stability in the general level of pricing. To further ensure financial stability of the country, government has established a financial stability fund with the help of development partners to provide liquidity support to banks, pension funds, insurance companies, fund managers, and collective investment schemes to ensure that they are able to meet their obligations to their clients as they fall due. We are confident that these measures will contribute to restoring macroeconomic stability.
4: Dr. Mahamudou Bamiya also said government was working to increase the growth of its non-traditional exports from $2.5 billion to over $25 billion by 2029.
10: To expand and diversify the supply base for value-added, Industrial export products and services. The government, through the National Export Development Strategy, has strategically outlined 17 sectors which are not exhaustive and includes cocoa, cashew, horticultural products, oil seeds, fish and fishery products, textiles and garments, natural rubber sheets, and aluminium products as priority areas for national development government of Ghana envisage that over a duration of 10 years, our non-traditional exports would grow from $2.5 billion to $25.3 billion by 2029. This, however, will be accompanied by deep structural transformation that will position Ghana as a competitive export-led economy.
4: You heard Vice President Dr. Mahamudu Baonia speaking there. AfroSet Montgomery Group, organizers of ProPak Ghana and exhibition and trade conference, has indicated that it uh, its preparedness to offering a platform for Ghana's manufacturing sector to become more competitive in the global space of trade. The company maintains that with the changing demands of the global market, it has become increasingly important for players within the packaging, processing, labeling, and printing industries to leverage on the new technologies to add value to their production. Speaking at the maiden edition of the Exhibition and Trade Conference, Kristen Propac Ghana, George Pearson, Regional Director of AfroCert Montgomery, highlighted the importance of how the exhibition will help open up businesses for indigenous operators.
1: As organisers, we have, all, we have always seen Ghana as the next opportunity to expand the, and reach the, of the portfolio due to the stability, prosperity and attractive business opportunities. After significant in-depth research and continuous engagement with key stakeholders uh, for the last 18 months, uh, at the start of 2022, it was felt that it was right to commence work and launch the exhibition into the market. I'm pleased to stand here before you today as we inaugurate the opening day of this long-awaited event. ProPAC Ghana will be the first ever dedicated international exhibition to serve the manufacturing industries in this country. It will provide a platform for suppliers and service providers to display cutting-edge products and service offerings showcasing the latest technology, bring new companies to Ghana for the first time, act as a unique platform for those more established and ultimately help drive this integral industry forward. Visitors to the event will be able to explore the latest innovations and products from leading suppliers from the region. And in addition to international companies from all corners of the globe, we will be showcasing the newest advances in industry innovation and products that are collectively supporting the local manufacturing industry.
4: That was the original director of AfroSet Montgomery, George Pearson. A Minister of State at the Ministry of Finance, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, has indicated that government is pursuing diversification strategies to address the potential impact of its energy transition framework and a recent decline in oil production. According to the Public Interest and Accountability Committee, PIAC, crude oil production dropped from $55.05 million barrels in 2021 to 51.7 million barrels in 2022. He emphasized that the marginal drop in oil production could have repercussions on the country's economic stability does the need to mitigate any potential shortfalls by implementing measures to counteract the effects. Dr. Amin Adam expressed concerns during the launch event of the 2020 Ghana Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative Report in Accra. For me, recent
11: developments in terms of decline in power production are coupled with the potential negative impact of energy transition which is likely to lead to low investment in the sector, call for urgent action from all of us to reduce the impact of these industries on our economy. What it means is that we have to increasingly diversify our economy. And this is why we are looking at so many other areas, including the value chains, to we'll see how we can link these. Uh, Resources that are impacted by the energy transition, with the rest of the of the
4: economy. You had the Minister of State at the Ministry of Finance, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam, and finally, as new technologies hit the market. Very quickly, panelists at the first forum of the 2023 City Business Festival have highlighted a need for the implementation of a regulatory framework to ensure the efficient use of data in the country. The panelists posits that this will help create the right policies to enhance the efficiency and quality of selected digital public services and strengthen the digital innovation ecosystem in Ghana. Franklin Asari is the Chief Executive Officer of Tech Golf Ghana Limited and he's been speaking on the issue.
11: Another thing we also need to look at is the regulatory framework. Mm-hmm. For example, data sovereignty and data privacy rules need to be enforced mm-hmm. to allow the Ghanaians to be able to save on the local platforms because most of us will have phones here. The data is residing outside and yeah. the ability to use that data resides with U.S. companies and permissions. Also, I, I don't say U.S. alone. Some of them, TikTok is in China and all yeah. of these other things. If we are to play and play seriously, some of these things, using regulation, using funding support need to be brought into the country to help us. Mm-hmm. Then uh, my colleague here talked about e-commerce enablement. We talked about uh, fulfillment. That is a key area. We need to make sure we can use all these, uh, I mean, I, I, in the UK they can use drones, you know, that kind of thing, to drop something. I don't know what will happen in Ghana if you see a parcel coming. You know, <laughs> somebody might just take it to the smart
4: that was the Chief Executive Officer of Tech Golf Ghana Limited, Franklin Asari. This year's edition of the City Business Festival is powered by City TV and City FM, in partnership with AppSign. is proudly sponsored by MTN Momo, MTN Business, and ZPay with support from Gesau And that's it for the City Business News and Eyewitness News powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nete Ajaho. Have a good evening. City
0: News.
8: We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302 224959 and get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City973.